0: It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from Eastern Iowa, where apartment ownership and investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Apartment Specialist Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Apartment Specialist Podcast. Hey there, Darren Garman here, and welcome to the Apartment Specialist Podcast today. And we're gonna cover some things that, well, piss you off that's right I'm gonna cover the things that piss you off I uh, uh, once in a while I listen to AM radio and I am a uh, uh, follower of the uh, University of Northern Iowa Panthers Uh, of course went to school there played football there um, and support the school financially now and so I'm a fan and like to follow what's going on so uh, AM radio show they have um that talks a lot about what the panthers are doing and the um uh, the host of the show has a segment on his show called what's bugging you and people call in and you know talk about what's bugging them as related to sports and so it's kind of entertaining to hear the wide variety of things that bug people (laughs) when it comes to sports Some of them I think legitimate. Of course, some of them you're kind of scratching your head and you're like, "That really bugs you, dude." I mean, uh, so that's kind of what we're doing a little bit today. Is we're going to talk about things that piss you off as an owner of an apartment property. But 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 we're not going to talk in terms of tenants or residents. Okay, so I'm not going. The low hanging fruit here is the resident that doesn't pay rent or the damage they do. I mean, we could talk resident items all day and property management items all day on things that piss you off. My list is pretty damn long too. But we're not going to do that. So we're going to take a look at it a different way. We're going to look at things that bug you, things that piss you off, that are not related to tenants. Okay. So I'm going to name five or six things that I consistently have conversations with apartment owners and landlords that piss them off and they have nothing to do with residents, okay? And I'll also maybe offer a few suggestions on maybe making uh, your life or your manager's life or Hell, your wife or your husband or your significant other's life maybe a little more, um, a little better, I guess, by offering some, a um, uh, few tips on some of these things. So I, I want to start with a conversation I just had this morning with a gentleman that had contacted me and uh, came into my office and we've got his property on the market right now a uh, smaller apartment project nice uh, great location this property will sell and he'll get a nice price for it um, but as we're going through all of the things that we do when it comes to buying an apartment property or really any any income producing property for that matter a lot of it comes down to the numbers so a lot of the value is driven by how good the numbers are. You know, your numbers suck, your value's going to suck. Your numbers are great, your is going to be great, right? And part of my job when I go through numbers is to realistically present them to the owner. Not surprisingly, um, some owners have a different idea and a different version of what the numbers are than what they really are, okay? Well, what do I mean? Let me give you an example. So, um, this is a smaller apartment property, so the owner manages the property himself, okay? He does the management himself. Um, The day-to-day cares of life management is done by the owner. So, when I'm going over the uh, income and expense items, in terms of how this will be presented to a prospective investor buyer of his property, one of the things that he takes offense at and gets pissed off about, which most every other owner gets pissed off about when I share this with them, is management fees, right? So on our um, expenses, I have a management fee factored in. Of course, a management fee lowers the income to the bottom line and theoretically makes the property maybe a little less valuable than if that management fee wasn't in there, right? And not surprisingly, this owner, as well as many other owners say, hey, wait a minute. Why in the hell do you have a management fee in there? I" manage the property myself. I hear that all the time. Okay, Why is that in there? Why is there a management fee in there? I manage the property myself. Well, here's the bad news, folks. No matter who manages the property, you will always need to factor a management fee in to your expenses especially when it comes to selling your property. okay? There is no one that will consider a property being purchased in today's world, in today's market, without a management fee factored in, especially, especially when it comes to lenders and appraisers. Because here's the real world, when lenders and appraisers go over the numbers themselves because most people when they buy an apartment property they're going to get financing, right? Uh, They're going to factor a management fee in anyway. You ask any commercial real estate appraiser, not commercial, this is an appraiser that they appraise apartments, this is what they do, okay? You ask them, why do you factor a management fee in? Or, Why is it necessary when I manage the property myself? The answer is because your time in managing it is worth money. The new owner's time, if they choose to manage it themselves, is worth money. And at the end of the day, in the event, and of course we hope this never happens, but in the event a bank uh, would have to foreclose or credit union and take the property back, Do you think they're going to manage it themselves? No. And lastly, many people will choose to hire a management company to manage the property anyway. So you have to deal with that. I have conversations with many owners over the years that get pissed off about that. But wait a minute, I do the management myself. Why? why? Well, you're going to have to factor it in. And it's more than likely going to need to be in the ballpark of... 5 to 6% of gross, depending on the size. If it's a larger property, like, let's say, 70 units or higher, you can maybe be in that 4 to 5% of gross range. Um, but then the bigger the property you get, the more you have management staff versus a management company, so then it becomes an all-new and different thing altogether. So there's management fees. That pisses you off, pisses a lot of people off, but here's how you deal with it. Just factor it in up front anyway and know... If and when you decide to sell, you're going to have to factor that in, okay? All right, that's number one. Related to that, number two, vacancy, vacancy. So my conversation this morning with this owner who has a 100% occupied apartment property is he's scratching his head and his eyes glaze over when I say, "What well, we're going to factor in a vacancy of 7%, what? But I'm 100% full. Yeah. I'm full all the time. Well, are you really full all the time? Every minute of every hour of every day, the apartment's full. So you mean to tell me when you have a resident moving out at 12 noon on the 31st of the month, there's another resident moving in at 1201, moving into the building course. Well, we know that that's silly and that's not the case. So when, when um, owners tell me that they're full all the time, that they're really not full all the time. There really is vacancy and we really have to factor it in. Even if your occupancy is high, you need to factor vacancy in. Again, A, because you're not really 100% occupied all the time. And B, do you really think a new owner will be 100% occupied all of the time. And C, kind of back to the management thing, appraisers and lenders are going to factor in a management fee anyway, okay? Excuse me, a vacancy factor anyway, sorry about that. And it's usually five to seven percent, okay? Usually five to seven percent so once again even if you've got a track record of 100 percent occupancy which you really don't but let's just say you do um you need to factor in a vacancy and it's going to be factored in anyway i know pisses you off but that's the way it is all right number three When you go to sell your property, you will pay a prorated tax pro, a, pro, a tax proration, and I'm talking, excuse me, property tax. Need to clarify that. You will pay a prorated property tax at closing. Now, a lot of owners don't realize this. <clears throat> and if you're an out-of-state owner and not familiar with how the state of Iowa property tax process and systems and timing works, this can be something that will pull your hair out. Let me give you a real example. So uh, I put a partnership together to buy 48 units. This would have been a couple of years ago. So it was um, six, eight unit buildings side by side and a partnership together of investors and myself and we bought this property. The owner was a California owner, okay? The listing agent, I actually didn't have it for sale. An agent in Des Moines did, a a real estate broker in Des Moines did. And so I told the agent, and this is when we're going over all of the paperwork. And in the purchase agreement, it says that the seller will pay a prorated tax and bring the taxes up to date at closing. Now, by the way, as as a little sidebar, this is normal and customary. Since we pay property taxes a year in arrears, when you sell the property, you're still about a year behind in paying your property taxes. Always remember that. Always remember when you sell your apartment property, whenever it is, you are around a year behind in paying property taxes. Why? Because that's the way the property tax system works. So as I'm recording this, just to give you an example, I'm recording this in April, okay? And March is when the tax installments are due. So just last month, the tax installment was due. In March of 2019, there was a property tax installment due. Guess what year was due in March of 2019? The last installment for the year 2020. Seventeen. I'll say that again. The last installment for the year 2017 was payable in March of 2019. Just think about that for a second. Okay, so what that means is we basically pay property taxes late. That's just how the system works in Iowa. Um, and so when you sell a property, guess what you have to do? Okay, so let's use this example. So if I sell the property today, and I just got done paying the property taxes for 2017, but it's 20, but it's 2019, and I haven't paid 2018's taxes yet, guess what's due at closing? The 2018 taxes. So, and you don't need to remember all of that gobbledygook I just went over, but just remember, especially in Iowa, for you owners of Iowa property. You pay taxes a year in arrears, so at closing, you're gonna be faced with paying about one year of property taxes as a regular and customary closing cost. So back to the 48 unit story. I told the listing agent on this, I said, make sure, because I've run into this many times, not only with Iowa owners, but out of state owners, oh my goodness. I said, make sure they understand how the property tax system works in Iowa and that they're paying about a year's worth of taxes at closing to bring the property taxes up to date. And in this case, it was about $48,000, okay? Well, you know where I'm going with this. They were never told the day of closing, they get the closing statement, And what are they shocked and surprised and really pissed off about? That's right, a $48,000 deduction in their sales proceeds that they didn't know was coming. How would you like to have that surprise? Now, it's their fault. If you own real estate in Iowa, you should know this. If you have a really good broker that selling your property, they should have told you this. So none of this should be a surprise, but it is. And I see it a surprise way too many times, OK? So do yourself a favor. Make sure you factor in about one year of property taxes payable when you sell your property, OK? You don't want to be surprised. And, you know, you know how we, we, before you actually decide to sell your property, you'll kind of sit down and kind of decide, well, you know, let's say I hired Darren to sell my property. It's going to be this much and and I'm going to pay this. And so you, you at least get a ballpark idea of maybe what some of your net proceeds would be. Here's how much I owe and I pay that off. What do I have left? And this is helpful when you go through that exercise, too. Okay. All right. So, How are we doing so far? Hopefully that this is making some sense and and, and you can relate to some of this stuff, all right? Pissed you off number four, the city or county tax assessor. How many of you over the time you've owned your apartment property have received your tax assessment and like blown up? Um uh, yeah, it happens all the time and it goes in spurts. So uh, so as I'm recording this again, another example, we just received all of our notices for our income tax or assessed valuations and they've gone up like 20%. Okay. Well, if the apartments that we own have gone up 20% um i'm really 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 good at what i do uh because they haven't they haven't but here's what a lot of owners don't do they get pissed off that they get the notice but but some make a mistake here's the mistake they make the mistake of going from being pissed off to well this must be what my property is worth. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with owners and they're telling me, yeah, I think I can get two and a half million dollars for my property. I'm just kind of mentally thinking, two and a half, and where do you get that from? Oh, it's what's assessed at. Really? I see this happen all the time and then There's some false expectations sometimes with people because they think that's the value, that that's what they can sell it for even more. Now, most of the time, your assessed value is actually lower, lower than what the real value of your property is. So for most of you, this really won't be that big of a deal, what I'm talking about. But you want to talk about something that pisses somebody off. When you sit down with them and you say, "Hey, you know, for your 12-unit building, uh, we're going to get like 600,000 for it. We're not going to get 740,000 that the assessor has it assessed for." Then they start to realize that they've been paying taxes on a $740,000 property when it's worth much, much less. How much wasted money they've had and gone through? over the years. So you gotta do the smart thing here. What's the smart thing? You need to protest your tax valuation at almost every opportunity you can to keep the assessors in check. Because if you say nothing, they won't do anything. They're not going to come to you one day and they're not going to say, oh, Mr. Jones, I apologize. We've over-assessed your property now for the last five years, and we're going to lower your assessment. And and, oh, by the way, the amount of money we've charged you in taxes, that has been more than really what your property's, we're gonna just give that back to you. What are the odds of something like that happening? That's right, zero. Zero. That's the odds of something like that happening, okay? So do yourself a favor. When you get those notices, use them, work on them, protest them, and keep the tax assessor in check. It's an easy process um, to do. It does take a little bit of time, but it is so worthwhile. Okay? All right let's go to the thing that pisses people off number four number four now remember we are staying away from tenant related things okay keep that in mind tenant related things um and we're going to go to maintenance and repair here maintenance and repair and the thing that pisses a lot of owners off when it comes to maintenance and repair is dealing with contractors and how undisciplined many many contractors are. Uh, Now a lot of apartment owners if they manage it themselves they do their own day to day cares of life fix it stuff but when it comes to furnace, air conditioning, roof, foundation, windows, uh, maybe even appliances, um, you usually have to call somebody in to help uh, and help you take care of whatever item needs to be, of course, fixed. And a lot of apartment owners get the impression that a lot of contractors are kind of are waiting around to get their call so they can hustle out to their property and get it fixed very, very quickly. Um, That's typically not the case. And depending on who you contact, you could be waiting. And I mean waiting much longer than what you thought. So the thing to remember here is there are contractors that you want to call and build a relationship with. So they can be your go-to guys for whatever comes up. Okay. And it's smart to do that now, not later, but now, especially in three major areas. Let me tell you, tell you what these areas are. Number one is heating and cooling. You need to have a relationship with a heating and cooling contractor where you can call them and you know the, first, the, the receptionist, uh, the man or woman that answers the phone, you know them by their first name you have a conversation about the weather how their kids are doing that kind of stuff okay the worst position you could be in is when you need something fixed is to not know who to call you get online and you do a search or even yet open up the yellow pages remember the yellow pages by the way um and you just like find somebody that's the worst thing to do not only will you get overcharged most of the time when that happens but you cannot depend on them showing up when they say how they say and when it will get done. I'm not saying this is everybody, but I'm saying when you don't have that relationship with some of these contractors, with some of these vendors, you open yourself up to much more cost and much more time, which costs money. So one of the first things that we do is we go ahead and we build these relationships with these vendors. So we're like on first name basis with these people. And by the way, when the shit does hit the fan and you really and you've got this relationship with these people, you really get a hell of a lot better response and a hell of a lot better understanding, especially during some difficult times. You know, so if the guy's got to be there, from 1 to 5 in the morning, installing a new furnace or a new water heater or whatever, you're going to get a hell of a lot more understanding. And you're going to get a hell of a lot better rate than if you just dial somebody up in the, in the and never have dealt with them before and have them come over. Now, I realize that sometimes you can't help it. And you just got to do it that way. I get it. I, I get it. But for those things like I mentioned already, heating and cooling, all right? That's number one. Number two is electrical, electrical. Number three, carpet cleaning, carpet cleaning. We are on a first name basis with our carpet cleaner because it not only comes down to carpet cleaning, but sometimes units flood, sometimes water heaters break, sometimes water needs to be suctioned out, sometimes things happen where you need to have them in disaster mode helping you out and getting shit done. Again, just to start dialing for dollars and hoping you find somebody is not the way to do it. And then the last one I would mention to you in in this is lawn and snow. Lawn and snow. Now I know some of you probably do your own lawn and snow, but I'm talking especially snow removal. Um, When we get an ice storm and tenants are slipping and falling, and you want to get somebody out there quick, that relationship comes in very, very handy. Okay. And, you know, the same could be said about a roof contractor. Same could be said about an appliance vendor, too. Um, and those are used much less frequently, but the same could be said there. And what pisses owners off is when they know there's really nothing they can do but pay through the nose for a service when really if they would have done a little bit of work before, even though the service was still needed, they would have been much better off financially, okay? Much better off financially. All right, last one, number five. And this is an odd one, but it is one. I find a lot of owners are pissed off because they're managing their properties. I find a lot of owners um, are have really good attitudes, uh, approach the business in a serious manner, and do the best they can and do very well, in many cases, with their apartments. Then I run into the owners that are tired, grouchy, frustrated, um, angry sometimes because of all of the BS they're dealing with with their tenants, or with building repairs, or maintenance, and everything you can throw into that bucket? Well, the answer there is you need to have somebody manage the property for you, right? And the answer is to emotionally get over the fact that someone will not probably do as good of a job as you can, right? Will not pay attention to those small little details like you do but will still do an adequate job. I talk to a lot of owners. I mean, week after week after week. And I can always spot the owners that are grouchy, frustrated, tired. Why? Because they're doing most everything themselves. Right? You can have people do it for you. And to go years and years and years doing it yourself hating what you're doing you really don't have you really don't have anything at the end of the day I mean if you hate what you're doing and you don't want to even get to a point where you want to talk to tenants or deal with stuff um you need to make some changes buddy and I talk to a lot of owners that are in that boat <clears throat> they are so I used to be in that boat So for years, I did everything myself. Saved the, you know, complicated repair maintenance items, HVAC, roof. I mean, those kind of things. I didn't do that. But I pretty much did everything myself. Showing, leasing, phone calls, man, you name it. Bookkeeping, all of that. I was totally stressed the hell out. Totally. Tired. Frustrated. But thought it was the quote, price I had to pay, right, in order to make it work. Well, I'm here to tell you it's not the price you have to pay. If you are um, honest with yourself and you have this going on right now, and it doesn't even need to be you being a hands-on owner, maybe you're not, but you are dealing with more stuff than you need to. So maybe there should be a staff member taking care of a bunch of stuff you're dealing with, right? Right? And you're not, and you're not having that done. You've got nobody else, nobody to blame but you, but there is an answer to getting it done, okay? And getting it done without having to put yourself through a whole bunch of BS in order to get there. And so I hope you like this version of our podcast this week. Where this version is, what pisses you off? And those are a few things that I talk to owners consistently that they're pissed off about, and I've given you at least some idea of how you can deal with it and, um, and hope you implement that. So, if you have any apartment property needs, right, you are looking at buying a project here this year, you should get a hold of me. If you're looking at selling a project you've got, you should get a hold of me. Why is that? Oh, well, over 70% of all apartment project transactions, four units or more, go through me, okay? So I've got people lined up, qualified, ready to buy what you have. On the other hand, I've got people qualified, lined up, and ready to go when you want to buy they've got properties they want to sell you get notified you buy the property the majority of the properties that i sell year after year do not go in the mls or on LoopNet or are on the market most people don't even know about it so, you want to tap into that information, that deal flow? You should let me know by sending me an email at darren.garman at gmail.com. That's darren, D A R I N, D A R I N, dot garman, G A R M A N, at gmail.com. And I will get you plugged into the flow, brother, and we will get you those projects you're looking for, or we will get you that price you're looking for. When it comes to eventually selling your property and doing it quietly, conveniently, and making a lot of money in the process. All right. Have a great day. Have a great rest of your week or weekend. We will talk to you later. See you. Bye. Thanks for joining the Apartment Specialist Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.heartlandinvestmentrealestate.com.